2: I'm really interested in finding out um, what it is that makes me use food to numb,
0: mm-hmm. why I have a really unhealthy relationship with food. Okay. Tell me about that. What um, what what do you do? What's the habit? What's the trigger?
2: Um, I would say that I can go for long periods of time being very controlled around it and being very motivated to eat well and eat healthily. And then when I'm under extreme amounts of stress or pressure, all I want to do is dive face first into a cheese sandwich or a big bowl of donuts.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um And while I recognize that this is bad for me and actually feel physically bad for doing it, I seem really, I find it really difficult to stop doing it. And um, it doesn't actually make me feel better except for that very short period of time when I'm distracting myself with food so there's a real disconnect between what I know in my head to be good for me which is definitely not donuts and cheese sandwiches or anything wheat related to be honest and um, what my heart tells me to do when I'm in a situation of upset or stress
0: Mm -hmm. and what does your heart tell you to do just
2: just distract myself and that that can potentially be cooking up a storm. or it can just be going to the supermarket and buying a whole bunch of unhealthy stuff and sitting in front of the telly, you know, and, and I, I guess it's a numbing thing.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what are you numbing out?
2: Um, it, it can be, it could be anything. It could be um, financial pressures. It could be at the moment, for example, we've got a, um, a lot of family trauma going on. Um, it could be, I mean, if I find it difficult to sleep at night, then there's a real urge to go and carb out so that I get that sort of like carb coma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: uh, yeah. Any, anything that I find particularly stressful,
0: I guess. Okay. Got it. Got it. And how long has this going on for?
2: <clears throat> oh, I would say pretty much all of my adult life on and off. Mm-hmm. And I'm 52 now. Mm-hmm. So you'd think I'd have a handle on it, but no.
0: Well, let's look at this without judging, right? Without judging. Yes. Because that's going to make you eat, right? Probably. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, you said probably your whole adult life. What about as a kid? You know, I've been trying to do some inner work,
2: inner child work recently. And one of the things I did was I, um, I kind of took myself back to about the age of eight or nine. Mm-hmm. um which was just before my parents separated and i did this thing where i plotted a floor plan of the house that i was living in and tried to have tried to think about every room in the house and some memories there mm-hmm. and what i've realized is that i have absolutely no memories of us in the family space as a family eating together preparing food together all of my memories are in other rooms of the house i genuinely cannot remember anything about food as a child.
0: Mm-hmm. So how did you eat dinner then every night? Did you just like see what was in the fridge and like ate it? You know, I, what, or? What now
2: or now or as a child?
0: As a child. I,
2: I honestly cannot tell you, I, I have no idea. The only memories I have of food as a child before the age of about 10 were meals at my grandma's which were sit down meals. Mm-hmm. But at home as a family with my mum and dad and sister, I, I genuinely cannot remember even being in.
0: in I don't, can't even remember what the kitchen looked like. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And what can you remember after ten years old? You said before ten, right?
2: Yeah. So after ten was after my mum and dad split up, mm-hmm. and um, I can. I, I I did take on quite a lot of the responsibility at that time. My mum was in a very very bad way. Mm-hmm. Um and and I remember an awful lot. Of, uh, you see, there's. I'm making a connection already about making dinner for my or making meals for my sister and I um, while my mum was incapacitated, and um, they often involved cheese sandwiches. How was she
0: incapacitated? She, it just emotionally okay. That's abs. Ab- yeah, emotionally absent. Okay. okay, okay, okay. She was emotionally absent. So, what was emotions like? What were they like in her family?
2: What um, well, in terms of. It, what were, we, we're very expressive we are expressive um, we are we're a very affectionate family um, so but at that time mum was just she was really depressed she was suicidal she was very very wrapped up in herself and her own feelings and I think I think our kids would, us two kids were just too much for her to handle at that time I was 10 my sister was 6
0: mm-hmm mm-hmm And so what would, how did you emotionally compensate for your mom not being emotionally available? I wouldn't say that I was particularly emotionally
2: reliable at that point in time, but I was definitely quite practically reliable in terms of things like doing the washing, um, you know, making sure that my sister had a bath and a meal and, and that kind of thing. So, I mean, I was emotionally pretty broken myself at that time. But I think I just kind of stepped a little bit into a parent role and um, tried to help out as much as I could to take the pressure from from mum, I
0: think. Okay. That's what I remember. Okay. Okay. And how did you eventually heal from that? Did you? Um,
2: I'm not entirely sure. I wouldn't say... That I've necessarily entirely healed. That's part of the work that I'm trying to do at the moment. I still will be um, excellent to the outside world in a crisis in terms of, you know, taking practical steps, um, you know, doing research as necessary to find out the best option in a certain set of circumstances. Mm -hmm. But for myself, in that, I'm usually eating. A lot at the same time. It's it, it, it's like that. It's always like how I fuel myself for the extra demands that are on me at the time. You did that as a kid, or you do that still now, or both? I still do it now. No, I, I don't remember. I don't remember doing it as a kid. Um, I just remember remember it sort of
0: as I've grown up having issues. Okay. around food. Okay, and as a kid, did you feel like you were um, <clears throat> balancing a lot of spinning plates, and or did you feel like especially with your mom being emotionally absent and you know obviously have, dealing with her own stuff from the divorce did you in some way feel like it was walking on eggshells and if you didn't you know do the dinner, do the laundry or make dinner that it would set her off and i don't think it was quite i don't think she was
2: volatile in that way necessarily yeah. it was more that she just was totally closed in on herself and crying and weepy and incapable of really Kind of functioning, and so it wasn't like I was going to set her off into tears or anger or anything like that. It was just more that things weren't getting done, and I needed to step in and do them. Who told you you need to step in and do them? Uh, no one. It was just one of those things that that you look around you and think, well, if we're going to eat, we're going to have to do it
0: ourselves. Okay. Okay. And what would what was the story that you made that mean? Right. So so when we're looking at things that happen to us. There's things that happen to us. Right. And then there's what you made it mean. So what did you make that mean? Um, I, I honestly don't really know. Okay. So then let's, let's close your eyes. Okay. And just take a moment to get back to that, um, girl, however old you feel in this memory in this moment, Mm-hmm. And she's doing the laundry, she's making dinner, she's taking care of do you have younger siblings? Is that what? Yeah, my little sister, yeah. Okay, so you had a younger sister. And let me know when you're when you're there. You can- yep, I'm
2: I'm there. I'm in the kitchen of the house or well, the flat that we moved to okay. after my parents split up.
0: Okay, okay. What did she make all of this mean? Um
2: I don't know. I guess she did. It, I feel like I became a parent. Okay. Does that, is that kind of answering the
0: question? No. Yeah. yeah. There's no right or wrong here. Okay.
2: So you feel like, like mm-hmm. stepping into, stepping into sort of like where the empty space was and,
0: okay, and trying to fill it. Okay. And what kind of kid were you before this happened? Were you like a really free spirited kid? Were you, were you always like, you know, doing art um, projects or were you outside, like getting your knees cut up and, you know, dirt and all that kind of uh, stuff? What kind of kid were you? Uh, quite precocious.
2: It, very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, probably quite bossy. Um, very protective of my little sister always. Um, even before 10 years old? Yeah, even even before then. Um, and... Um, I was daddy's girl
0: okay. and my
2: sister was mummy's girl. Um, were you living with dad? And, did you sorry? See, did you see dad or are you living with dad? We, 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 we did, we did see dad. Um, we saw him once a week and at uh, uh, weekends, I can't remember how often at the weekends we we eventually left the country and went to live somewhere else so that's a whole other set of circumstances around the relationship I had with my dad but at that time we did see him but he had moved straight out from my mum and in with his mm-hmm. girlfriend who became my stepmum so it was it was difficult okay okay okay
0: so there's a lot going on here and i want to circle back to something you said like I think it might've been like one of the first things that came out of your mouth when you asked me the question, but sometimes I can stay controlled and motivated. But then when I get stressed, that's when you want to just eat a bowl. Yeah. Of so tell me about control.
2: Um, I've had, I guess quite a lot of change in my life. And so um, being able to stay I suppose on top of certain things that are the regular things in life, like earning a living, doing the laundry, doing the housework, the things that remain constant, no matter where you are in the world, Mm -hmm. um, is maybe my way of maintaining some kind of constancy in my life. Okay. Um, Also, my family are now spread all over the world and particularly in the UK, all over the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do an awful lot of traveling to make sure that I get to see them all. Um, And it's, it's pretty tough sometimes, but that I guess is part of maintaining the relationships, which is very important to me, Mm
0: -hmm. which I
2: guess is kind of part of
0: control as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm just what I'm getting at here, and what I want, and I want what I want you to see is that it seems to me like food is just another way that you control your surroundings, Mm -hmm. right? And what I want to understand is where did this need for control come from, and how can you begin to let go of it? Because Mm -hmm. control and motivation is not going to solve this, right. I'm not motivated motivation motivation feels like, um, like, like pulling more of just like, it's more like effort, like, um, you know, like I'm behind you and I'm like, go, 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 go. You're like, Oh, stop. You know, whereas like inspiration is I'm a few steps ahead of you and I'm like, come with me and come with me. And you're like walking on your own two feet.
2: Yeah. Right. And also the thing is with motivation, of course, when your motivation drops, then it
0: feels like failure. Well, motivation which then also, is, which mostly, then is
2: a spiral, you know, a spiral of then feeling bad and then burying myself in food yeah. again. So well, yeah, I
0: motivation comes from the ego. Yep. Right. And that's only going to get you so far because that's not, you know, that's not that far away from the idea of like pep talking yourself. Oh, okay, you yep. can do it. You can do it. Don't eat the food or eat the salad instead or whatever. Right. And that doesn't work. We know this. Right. Okay. So no, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. When we're talking about, I mean, we could talk. I mean, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So we, you can answer this in the sphere of food, or you could just talk about this in general. When it comes to control, what mm-hmm. are you so afraid of losing if you release the control? Um.
2: I guess if if uh, I think that there is an element of. The, the fact that I can and have from a very young child walked into a situation and kind of been very dependable and reliable and good in a crisis and practical um, gives me some, um, I I get, I get a lot of recognition for that from my family, Mm -hmm. which I possibly don't get in other ways. So if I suddenly just threw everything up in the air and said, sod it I can't do this anymore I'm just going to let things fall where they may and you're all going to have to do a little bit without me for a change that mm-hmm. they would withdraw that they possibly wouldn't need me or want me in their lives as much if I wasn't being quite so helpful and practical mm-hmm. and kind and considerate and thoughtful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and is that really true
0: Um. I don't know because I've never tried it. Yeah. I mean, some of it might be true and some of it probably isn't true. Right. Because Mm. to some extent, your family's probably gotten reliant on you doing everything for them. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it seems like to me it started when you were 10 years old. You know, definitely.
2: Certainly in terms of the fact that I cannot remember anything before that. Mm -hmm. But I can remember things quite clearly after that, that obviously something happened at that point in time, which is really significant.
0: And obviously it was dad
2: leaving, but I'm not quite sure why
0: it's ended up being
2: food that's the issue rather than... I
0: Can I take take a wild guess here? Go on then. And this is a guess that is based on working with a lot of women around food and just other things where we use our control, right, to yourself feel better and emotionally safe, all that kind of stuff. My guess is that you stopped being a kid when you were 10 years old and you shut that part out of your life when your parents got divorced and moved into a flat and you became a whole new kind of kid because you, I mean, what 10 year old has to do laundry and cook the food and really just be the mom, be the parent. Yeah. And so you stopped being a kid and thinking about that time before this, before this age was too painful because I know you said you protected your sister. I know you said you're very intellectual. My guess is that you're also, because you're intellectual, my guess is you were also very curious and, and a kid curiosity in a kid can look like wonder, right? It can look like going outside and like seeing all the butterflies and like playing in the grass and yeah. it can look like, um, You know, imagination, like you know, having fun, imaginary games with either just with your stuffed animals or your sister or friends. Uh My guess is that you've suppressed that because it was too painful to go back to to that time period because it just was not there anymore. And of course, there's all the things with dad, which we're not gonna have time to get into today, right? There's probably like the "why did he leave" type of thing going on. And now you know, like it's it was different. You know, it's not his choice necessarily, but. As a 10-year-old, you don't understand that, right? So there's, no. that's, that's probably playing a role. And, you know, and so we can't, I just want to mention that. And, yes. so, and so my guess is that food is just the way that you um, release, like when you, when you just can't do it anymore, you go to- Ah, food. right. And also food is probably a way that you also received validation because that was just one thing that you so vividly remember doing as a kid with when, when your mom was emotionally not there. Yep. Yeah. That
2: makes sense. Right. Right.
0: So. A few things, but you've got to start releasing control. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. When you say you visit your family and like you know, you want to keep up the relationship. Is it because, you know, is it, is it a burden, whether it's financial burden, physical burden, or a time burden for you to, like, are you doing most of the legwork when it comes to visiting your family and traveling and all that kind of stuff? Yes, definitely. Okay. And how does that really make
2: you feel? Tired, exhausted. Um, and, and again, under a lot of pressure um, to to fit it all in. Right. But, but
0: predominantly, really tired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So this is something you've got to let go of. Okay. Yeah. You've got to let go of taking care of your family. It's you're not 10 years old anymore. Your mom's not emotionally incapacitated and it's, and and it's not your job to take care of your family. And you took on that role because there is a void. There's a vacuum when you're 10 years old. Right. And you never let that go. And food is your only outlet. And you just created, I think you just created that association with food. I mean, because food could have been anything. It could have been drugs. It could have been alcohol. It could have been sex, right? It could have been anything, right? But food became your drug of choice. And if I was a betting woman, it became a drug of choice because there was a strong association of that's how I receive love. That's how I receive validation because you made meals for your family starting at 10 years old. Yep. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So what's the emotion coming up? Um, um,
2: some relief that I'm sort of finally placing the pieces together to to make sense of it. A lot of sadness because, of course, it's taking me back to that time which was – it was horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess a little bit of fear because letting it go is going to change a whole bunch of things. It's going to change the way that people – and my family predominantly relate to me probably and um, we're going to have to learn a whole new way of being together and obviously that's a bit scary yeah. particularly for someone who
0: has control issues right well, but i
2: recognize i recognize it's rec- going to be growing pains
0: let there be growing pains because remember you said you're yeah. 52 right mm-hmm. so we're talking 42 years of conditioning that they can get whatever they need from you and that you don't have boundaries and that's the dynamic of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So of course there's going to be growing pains. Of course there's going to be, why are you being so selfish? Why are you being like this? That's going to yep. happen more than likely. Yeah. Okay. But that's okay. Yep. Self-honoring okay. is not selfish.
2: Yeah. It is about trying to figure. You know, figure out new boundaries.
0: Right. So, so one thing I want you to do is I want you to write down what you are willing to do and not do. It doesn't mean that you're never going to help your family. I want you to help. If you want to help your family in whatever way that you are helping your family now, I want it to come from a place of something that's pulling you forward rather than pushing you forward. Right. It's like the inspiration versus motivation. Although in this case, it's more of like the desire coming from like a deep place of like your soul, like love. Rather than, like, a deep place of, if I don't do this, like, they're not going to love me. Or if I don't do this, then I'm not going to keep up the reputation that I've built up with my family. Does that make sense? Can you feel the difference there?
2: Hi, are you still there? Yep, I'm here. Oh, sorry, I lost you a bit there. Yeah, I got, the last bit I got was to come from a position that's, um, push putting me forward
0: rather than pushing me forward. Right. Right. So I want you, if you want to, you know, as you write out what your new boundaries are going to be and what your new yep. things you will do and things you won't do, I want, you know, I don't want you to be like, I'm never going to help you guys again. Like, da, 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 cause that's like going into like reaction. Like, yeah. Right. This is more of like decide, okay. Or, or, or feel into, do I want to do this because it comes from a deep place of like my soul, like just from a deep place of love or yep. coming from a deep place of if I don't do this, then they won't love me or I won't get that validation or I won't yep. get that ego booster. Um, can you feel the difference between the two? Yes. Okay. Yes, I can. Yeah. Okay, great. So then creating a list of what your boundaries, um, new boundaries with their family, that's okay. something like you can do, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And, um, what I want. Okay. And then in terms of control, I want to run back. i want to come back to control. Cause as you can see, like, this is a kind of about the food, but it's kind of also not about the food. Can you see that? Yeah, okay. yep, definitely. Okay. What's one thing in your life you can begin to release control? Maybe not overnight, but over time.
2: Um, isn't that hard to even, um, what can I do? well, I guess I can't control my family's response to the changes that I'm going to make, and I have to just go fair enough, perfect. that's perfect. yeah, I just have to go, okay it, they may not like it, but that that's you know if, if I try to control their response to it, then that's going back to me taking it on again, yep. Yep. so uh, you know I, all I have to do is be able to say. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm. Um, it it it's. Uh, I know it's uncomfortable for you that you're finding this difficult, but this is the way I need it to be for now. Yeah, yeah. And not even apologising. You said I was very tempted there to go. I'm really sorry if I'm upsetting you. But then yeah. that's taking it on again, isn't it? I mean, you can you can feel regretful that you're you know causing them a little bit of you know pain or difficulty or discomfort while you're going through it.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's okay to, I think there's a place to, you know, be like, I'm really sorry, this is uncomfortable for you. I'm really sorry that you don't like this. Yeah. Without it being like, I'm sorry, I'm doing this to you. Right. Um, that's a different, I think that's different. It's a subtle shift, but I do think that, yeah, it's yeah. not like, cause it's not like you be like, nah, nah, boo, boo, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. Like there's yeah. a family you yeah. You still love them, right? This does not mean you don't love them. Of course they no, might sit like that. But like and you know, you can emphasize that like this is not about me not loving you or caring about you. This is about me also loving me. And I've got to yep. take care of myself too. Yeah. And I'm sorry this is uncomfortable. I'm sorry you don't like this, but this is what needs to be done. Yeah. And I think that's a perfectly appropriate response. And I also think that releasing control there is is wonderful yeah um a big part of this also is going to be to really work with your inner child and i know you've been doing some of that but now you've got like the now you know exactly where this pattern started and what the pain is there and yeah. what the sadness is there so you know you're in the tribe so there's the the month on inner child work and yeah. i recommend i recommend going through that and maybe and, and i
2: think it a couple will be going through it more than <laughs> once yeah i was gonna say yeah because you know i do, i do delve into it and things come up Differently each time, oh, and, sure. and I'm sure there's layers and layers and layers of stuff
0: that 100%. I need to work on. 100%. And let me ask you this what do you want your relationship to food to be like?
2: Um, I, I want it to be more of a choice and less of a compulsion.
0: Okay.
2: So, you know, an, an, un, an understanding I mean, I understand what I, I should be eating, I know what's healthy for me, I understand what I like, I know what agrees with my body, and yet. I find it difficult to make those choices when I'm under pressure. So uh, I would much rather be able to feel like I'm choosing the food rather than it's choosing me.
0: Okay. Okay. So sovereignty over the food. Yep. Yeah. Okay. okay. Great. What else?
2: Um, that, that it becomes more of, it becomes fuel. Pleasant mm-hmm. fuel. I mean, I don't want to, you know, relinquish everything because there's a lot of social stuff that goes on around food as well. Totally. So, so a recognition that it is fuel, but, um, but that I just, and, and and again, it's it's very difficult, and it's very easy to go into that. Well, I have more control over over what I. do. Okay, let me ask you. It's, it's ask, that control mm-hmm. thing, isn't it?
0: Let me ask you this: When you think of your ideal partner, yeah, what do you want that to feel like? What do you want that relationship to feel like?
2: Oh, right. Okay. Well, I want it to be, you know, good for me, for my ultimate good. I want to feel comfortable in it. I want to feel loved, nurtured, cared for, cherished. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Pause yeah, here. All of those things.
0: Okay. Love for loved, cared for, nurtured, cherished. Let's just say, yeah. right. Can you make your relationship with food like that? Uh, um, I'd love to think so. Yeah. Well, you can. It's just a choice. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and that will become easier as you do the inner child work, as you begin to release control, as you begin to, um, set some boundaries with your family. Maybe there's other people in your life too, that you need to set boundaries. Um, yeah. but because the thing with food is that one thing that's different between food and maybe some other forms of addiction, like alcohol or, um, drugs is that, you know, nobody needs drugs or alcohol to literally yeah. survive, but like food, is not the same way, like, and so that's why our relationship with food can be so challenging. Is because it's not like, well, I'm just going to cut out food for the rest of my life, and yeah. you know, and be done with it. Where you and and, and not that, I, and I understand, like, any cutting out any kind of addictive substance is not as easy as like that. But food does yeah. have that interesting caveat where I truly believe it can be addicting. However, we can't 100 percent cut it out, right? Yeah. And so, and so the the relationship really is, and what I want you to eventually establish with it is for it to become this really loving relationship because food gives you life, right? Mm-hmm. Food gives you life. Mm. Right. And, um, and something that really helps me is, um, you know, a few things that kind of help me, but one thing that really helps me is just like, you know, imagining if I, you know, if I'm like, you know, cause you've probably heard in the podcast, me talking about how I, you know, have previously had body image issues. Mm hmm. Um, but I still have those same body image issues if, you know, God forbid, like I lost the leg. Like I'd probably just be, it'd be, I'd have a whole new experience of my body. Right. right? And like what I hate, what I think my legs were so, Would I'd rather like not have the leg rather than like have skinny legs and just be, or fat legs and like be complaining about how fat my legs are. Right. I'd rather right. have legs. Right. And so. And I think sometimes the same can be with food and it's not about feeling bad for or guilty that other people don't have food and you have food, but it's just like, wow, like food is such a precious resource, right? And it's so special and it's so, it's so amazing. And that I live in a country where the food is abundant and I have plenty of healthy options. I have plenty of like, you know, options that sometimes my soul needs like a chocolate piece of chocolate cake, right? Yeah. But you have those options. And so for me, that really helps me. And another thing that helps me is to release my need to eat a certain way or to exercise like on certain days, right? Like if I'm feeling like I don't feel like having a salad or I don't feel like exercising today, then I give myself full non-judgmental permission to sleep in or, you know, eat, popcorn for dinner instead of, you know, eating the salad yeah. or the soup that I made or whatever. Um, and why I think that works is because what pushes you, you know, think about what pushes you into the food binges is the pressure. Yeah. And you're only adding that pressure onto yourself. Yeah, that's true. So what if you just gave yourself permission to eat whatever you want? Because I do believe that the body does naturally crave things that are nourishing for it. I, I would have right. yeah. to that. However, if you're constantly pressuring yourself to eat a certain way or to not eat certain things, then your body's not able to act naturally because it's under right. a amount of pressure. Right. Okay. And it can feel really scary when you're trying to not eat certain things to then be like, what, Veronica, this is crazy. Eat whatever I want, then I'm going to eat all the cookies. And you know what? Maybe you will for a week. Maybe you will. Okay. But I promise you, you're going to, at some point, going to be like, I'm really craving something else. I need something yeah. a little lighter. Maybe like a salad or a soup or a smoothie or something. Yeah. I've never seen it not work with a client. But you have to do all the other work along with it, right? Like that alone isn't going to work because then you're just gonna wallow in your emotions. Yeah. Okay. Right. But if you're if you're doing inner child work, if you're setting boundaries, if you're releasing control with your family's reaction and maybe other areas of your life too, and you're changing your and you're looking at food from a whole new way, then When you give yourself permission to eat whatever you want and exercise whenever you want or not whenever you, or you know not when you want, then yeah. your body will start to crave what's healthy and natural for it.
2: Yeah, that makes sense, and that that that's actually feels really attractive.
0: Yeah,
2: um, and I think a lot of it is going to be about as well developing some of my around food you know what
0: what is my body asking for
2: so some of the intuition work i think is going to be really um really important to me too as i go through this
0: totally and there's and there's a month in the tribe on intuition so i would you could even work through you could even work through that in relation to food and what your body is telling you at once you can write okay so that's another that's another resource gosh i mean there's just like so many things that that you could do i mean we could talk about like you know mindful eating and intuitive eating and all that kind of stuff. But I just really believe that when you take the emotional pressure off yourself, your body is naturally going to, because you know what, like sometimes like I just want freaking chocolate cake and you know what? I eat chocolate cake. Right. But yeah. at some point I'm like, you know what? I'm not really feeling this. You know, I've been having heavy desserts every night. I really just actually just want some tea, you know, or something. Yeah. Cause I like to have yeah. something after dinner before I go to bed. And yeah. sometimes like, you know, lately I've been on a kick having hot chocolate with like a bazillion marshmallows in it. And Uh last night I was like, you know, I've been feeling, I just don't really feel like having that. And so I just had some turmeric tea instead and it was great. Right. And like, I don't know what I want tonight, but if I want chocolate, hot chocolate, then I'm going to have it. And if I want turmeric tea, I'm going to have that too. And um, that gives me the sovereignty that you're looking for. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sovereignty. Great word. Yes, I
0: love this word. It's my favorite. One of my favorites. Great word. Yes. Great. Was this
2: helpful? Very, very, very much. Yes, very much. It's like um, it's joining the dots. And and then all of a sudden the dots join up and it creates a light bulb. And I kind of can see where it's all coming from. So, yes, I am very grateful.
0: Good, good. Well, I'm so glad. And keep us updated in the tribe group. I I I will do. Okay, my dear. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you. You're very welcome. And thanks for everything you do for us. Thank you so much to Tracy for coming onto the show today. And I know I say this every time, but I feel like I just have to acknowledge every single woman who comes onto the show because it takes a ton of courage and vulnerability just to talk about things that we're embarrassed about or shameful around or things that are just really hard for us with a friend or a coach or a therapist. But then to come onto a show and share your story with thousands of women is, you know, it just takes that much more courage and vulnerability. So I really appreciate it. I know you got a lot of support and help out of this show you <laughs> out of our conversation tracy and i know that many women listening to the show did as well so thank you thank you so much for that and as you can pick up from my conversation with tracy you know this is why diets don't work and you can try them with any diet i don't even buy into the ones that just claim to be a lifestyle change because if you don't figure out why you're eating motivation and control aren't going to last forever and that's coming from someone who's super controlling super motivated and i have a plan plan for the plan, I'm super type A, control, Capricorn, all the things, and I can't even stick to a diet because A, I want pleasure in my life, and B, because just going based on a diet and motivation and control and all of those things operates all in the mental realm, and figuring out why you eat is more of an emotional and spiritual endeavor, and you have to go there if you want to shift your relationship and the way you eat food. So, what Tracy discovered in her session with me is that food became a way for her to receive love and validation from her family. And after her parents' divorce, she really became the impromptu caretaker of her family, including the caretaker of her mother. Now, we didn't really talk about dad, we acknowledged him, but you know, in just a 20 30 minute show, we're not going to have time to go into everything. However, you know, he definitely was playing a part. I don't know what kind of part he was playing. However, not only did food just become the way she associated with receiving validation and and love, she also just became the caretaker. And so when she was feeling stressed, when she, when she was feeling overwhelmed, I guarantee you she turned to food when she was a kid, maybe it was just making a meal for her sister or for her mother or for herself. But she never really healed that wound from becoming an adult at age 10. And she never really And she really shut out herself before she was 10 years old. And I didn't bring this back home in our coaching call, but I want to bring it back home now. Another big part of her work is to let that pre 10 year old come out to play. You know, she said she was very intellectual. So my guess as a kid, you know, what that really looks like is curiosity and exploring. And so that's something that I would love to see her reintroduce into her life, because that's going to help her to heal part of this wound and take off some of the pressure and the stress that she's put on herself. But then also her family has learned to put on her through just what the dynamics of the family have been for literally for for decades. And so, of course, it makes perfect sense that she's going to eat all the things, the carbs, the donuts, whatever it is, when she's stressed and overwhelmed or feeling a lot of pressure because that is how she receives the love and validation that she's doing a good job or that shes it's going to be okay. I think anybody would do that. And so naturally, trying to control and to motivate herself to eat better or to not eat certain things is going, only going to add to that overwhelm and the stress she feels. So she's literally making herself eat more by using control and motivation to change her eating habits. So if you struggle with food, and again, if you're struggling with food, with alcohol, with drugs, with sex, with men, with Netflix, like whatever your addiction or drug of choice is, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to figure out why you're eating or why you're using what you're using. If you do not figure out the why, then the rest of the steps are going to be really, really hard to do. And you'll notice that the beginning of our coaching session was a little bit slow because I just kept asking her a lot of questions. Questions. I wanted to know what she thought about food. I wanted to know what her earliest memories were around food. I wanted to know what she was taught, you know, if she was taught anything about food from mom or from dad. I wanted to know what food was like in the family. I wanted to know what kind of food they ate as a family, all of those types of things, because I wanted to know why she was eating. Now I had a sense of why she was eating straight from the beginning because one of the first things she said was, you know, controlled and motivated. She said those two words. And I actually wrote that down in my notebook as we were doing our coaching session because I wanted to learn a little bit more about where she's coming from and her history, but I pretty much knew from the beginning that that was going to be a big piece of it. And, um, you know, and I ended up being being right, but I just wanted to learn a little bit more of the details so we could get really specific in her situation as to why she's eating. So your first step is if you want to shift your eating habits or whatever the habit is, you've got to figure out why you're doing it. What is the emotion behind it? Why? What is the emotion you're trying to numb or stuff down or to not feel? What's the fear? All of those things are going to be so important to to know why you're eating. Now, once you know why you're eating, then you've got to do the deeper emotional work. Now, if you're in the tribe, or would like to be there's a whole month on doing inner child work. And a lot of this is going to relate to your inner child. I don't think that some habits that are just really, really deeply ingrained, like they are with Tracy, you know, started 10 years ago, I really don't believe that this came from a long, long time ago from her childhood. And I would bet, you know, a lot of money that it's going to be the same thing for you. Even if this is a newer habit, my hunch is that it's just an evolution of a deeper pain or wound that happened from when you were a kid, possibly an adolescence. But I don't even think it's going to be much older than that. Third, after you do some of the inner child work, you've got to change your relationship with food. And, you know, she was telling me, I asked her how, I asked Tracy how she wants to feel in her relationship with food. And it was kind of still like a very fearful kind of relationship. Was like, I want control over it. I want to have the power over it. And I that's why I introduced the word sovereignty for to her because sovereignty, I think, is a great way to feel in any kind of relationship. Basically, it just means independence. doesn't mean that like, you know, I'm ruling over, you know, someone that I'm in a relationship with, whether it's my husband or friends or food or whatever. Um, but it's just a sense of independence. And when I wasn't getting what I wanted from her with the food, that's why I asked her about a partnership, because I know she's probably thought a lot about what she wants in a partnership. We even Because well, I don't know if she's done that month in the Love Action Tribe, but we do have a month around what you actually want in your relationship. And so she said she wants to feel loved, care for, cherish, all those things. Okay, great that's perfect. So let's make your relationship to food feel like that and start relating to food like that. Because really, there's no reason why food can't make that make you feel like that, right? Because food literally does give you life. It literally does give you the energy to do the things that you want to do. It literally does give you the energy to have the friendships and romantic partnerships, and the other kind of relationships that we have in our life. So food really is life. And so there's no reason why you can't have a loving, nurturing, cherishing relationship with it. It's just you have to be the, the instigator in creating that and, and creating that dynamic. And an easy place to start this. And if you've been following me for a while, this isn't going to be very big news or surprising to you. But a place you can start that is with the relationship with yourself. Because I firmly, firmly believe, as I said before, that a relationship with food very much mirrors and reflects the relationship that we have with ourselves, with our potential partners and with our friendships. And I really do believe that if you begin to shift the relationship with your food, and you start doing that deeper inner work that that goes along with that, you will notice a shift in your relationships with other people, whether they're platonic relationships or romantic relationships. I mean, think about Tracy, she's going to have to shift her relationships in real life in order to shift her relationship with food. So nothing exists in a vacuum, nothing is mutually exclusive, one thing affects everything. And usually how we do one thing is how we do everything. And then fourth, and this feels so scary, and there's a lot of resistance when I give this assignment to clients, but give yourself permission to eat whatever you want. And like I said to Tracy, you might eat cookies for a straight week. You really might. I don't know. Um, However, if you're not doing steps one, two, three, along with giving yourself permission to eat whatever you want, then you really might just eat cookies for the rest of your life. I don't know. However, if you're doing the other steps and you give yourself permission to eat whatever you want, then I promise you at some point, your body is going to find an equilibrium. And it's going to naturally crave food that is good for it or food that it needs. I truly, truly believe that. And sometimes your soul does need chocolate cake, right? Like that's just the truth. But a lot of times you're going to be craving salads or um, not even salads because it's just like a stereotypically healthy meal, but just something that feels nourishing and healthy and something that really gives you the energy that your body needs in that in that moment. And the reason why that works is because you're taking all the pressure off. And for Tracy in particular, this is going to be super, super important because that's a huge reason as to why she's eating donuts and carbs and all the things that she's quote unquote not supposed to, right? And so this feels so scary, but I just want you to try it. I want you to trust the process and also trust your body that it's going to tell you what it needs and what it doesn't need. And sometimes, again, you're going to want that chocolate cake and allow yourself to just have that chocolate cake. It's not a guilty pleasure. It's just a freaking pleasure, right? Like, let's drop the whole idea of guilty pleasure. It's just a freaking pleasure, right? Let me know if you try this one because, again, I know it can feel really scary, but it really, really works. And as someone who has struggled with food a lot, where I've literally been sitting on my couch and I swear to God that the food is literally calling to me through the cabinets, like, come eat me, come eat me, come eat me, um, I can tell you from experience that this has been the number one game changer in my relationship to food. And yes, yeah, sometimes I get on cycles where I'm just not really eating that healthy. Like I just eating really heavy, I'm just eating like a lot of sweets, or just really oily or a lot of meat or whatever. And I'm just like, eventually my body's like, ugh, I need something else. And and then I prepare it because and I'm and I'm naturally craving it, the body naturally wants to move and the body naturally wants to eat what is going to be healthy for it. And then fifth, and we didn't get much into this, because this comes much later in the process, is connecting with your body to check in to see what it really needs. And this obviously works very closely in conjunction with step four, giving yourself permission to eat whatever you want. But this is, um, you know, the reason why this step comes later because, is because if you try to start with this like okay i'm just going to intuitively eat or i'm just only going to eat when i'm hungry i'm eat only until i'm satisfied or um i'm just going to you know ask my body what she needs I mean, I'm a huge fan of all that kind of stuff. It's great. However, it's really, 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 really hard to do that when you haven't done the emotional work underneath and to figure out why you're eating in the first place. A lot of times people just start with this, like diets would be like, okay, eat like this, you eat these foods, don't eat these foods, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. And and then that's it. And, then, and, and that's great, but, you know, you're talking on the physical and the mental realms, but there's still the emotional and the spiritual, right? And so that's why, I mean, this is very much a spiritual and emotional because it can be connecting with the body. However, if you have a habit of suppressing your emotions um, or eating your emotions or just not feeling your feelings or whatever it is, then it's gonna be really hard to know what your body's feeling. So that's why I believe you have to do a lot of the clearing work before doing this kind of work is even accessible. And now I told Tracy to check out the intuition uh, section in the love action Tribe, which I think we did last July. So, and she can use that and sp- specifically with food and body and relating, um, relating it to all of that. And if you're in the tribe or want to be in the tribe and you're struggling with food, then, you know, when you get to this step, that will be a great, great resource for you. Um, and yeah, and if you're not in the tribe, remember you can join us for like one more day, veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe. All right, my dears, that is all I have for you today. These are your steps. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If we haven't connected on Instagram, please come find me. I'm Veronica E. Grant. And just a reminder that the tribe is open for another day at the time that this episode is dropped. So we're talking um, uh, Friday, December 21st, the tribe closes for the year and will be open again for a little bit. So make sure you come over and join us if you want to work with me and have a wonderful, supportive community of women and lots of tools and resources at your disposal to help you in your personal growth journey and also obviously to attract the person that you are meant to be with. And to join us, you just go to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe. If the membership is closed, then I recommend still getting on the wait list because you'll be the first to know when the tribe reopens. And sometimes I do surprise openings just for people on the waitlist. And so the link will automatically forward you to the waitlist if the tribe is closed. It is a membership community. It's $35 a month, which is literally just over a dollar a day to invest in your life and in your love life. And I just think that's 100% worth it. If it's not for you, If you, for whatever reason, don't want to be part of the tribe anymore, you can easily quit or you can easily drop out and cancel. Um, There is no cancellation fee. There is no minimum amount of months you have to be in the tribe. I won't ask you questions like, why are you leaving? I mean, I might ask because I'm just genuinely interested to know, but there's no like, you have to answer these questions in order for me to cancel or anything like that. We just genuinely want to know if the tribe isn't right for you. Um, And it's a really wonderful community. Honestly, our cancellation rate is pretty low. And I think that's for a reason. Um... I think the women love the support. They love the community. They love meeting women from all over the world who are like-minded and on a similar path as them. So if you are on this path too and you want to be part of it, I hope you join us. All right, I will be back next week and I've got my friend Veronica back on the show. She was on the show, I I think in September, maybe August. And she gave us an astrological update for the end of 2018. So I thought maybe it'd be fun to have her back on the show. And she's going to give us an astrological update in terms of love. We talk about money too, uh, for the beginning of 2019. So it's a really great episode. I can't wait for you to listen to it. And I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection Podcast. remember... remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now.